Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. Hello, this is Chris Schoblum, uh, Research Director and Senior Economist with the Washington Research Council. Uh, joining me today is uh, Emily Makings, uh, Senior Research Associate at the Research Council, and this is our uh, In Focus podcast uh, for September 29th, uh, 2015. Uh, so, so, Emily, tell me, what, what was it that you saw that was interesting in the news this week? So, uh, one of the big news items from last week was that the Attorney General submitted his motion for reconsideration to the state Supreme Court in the case about um, charter schools. Earlier this month, of course, the Supreme Court found that the charter school system in Washington is unconstitutional. Uh, as as uh, passed by the voters, the system um, stated that the superintendent of public, of public instruction would distribute funds to charter schools just as he does for traditional public schools. So the Supreme Court in their decision found that, A, charters are not common schools, and B, money for common schools is being unconstitutionally diverted to charters. Thus, the system is unconstitutional, according to the Supreme Court. So the Attorney General says, well, he wants the the Supreme Court to reconsider its decision, um, and he made four specific points. First, he said that this, the court should not say that charters violate the uniformity requirement of the Constitution because they aren't controlled by school boards, because this calls into question uh, several other public school programs that are similarly not controlled by local school boards. Second, he suggests that the court hold that common schools must be under some measure of control of local boards rather than complete control, which is what they said. Third, he suggests that the court should not equate basic education appropriations with the restricted common schools funding, because again, this calls into question the other public school programs, because really basic ed appropriate, basic education appropriations are greater than the amounts that are restricted to common schools. So you really shouldn't equate the two, which is kind of what the Supreme Court did. And then lastly, he said that they should hold the funding provisions severable from the rest of the act. Uh, the court said that the voters would not have passed the initiative if, um, if it had not had a funding source. But as the Attorney General notes, well, they do that all the time. For example, the most recently they passed Initiative 1351, which is an enormously huge unfunded mandate. So it's very, it was very odd in the decision that they, the court said, oh, no, the voters would never have approved charter schools if they knew that there was no funding source. And I thought that the Attorney General made a really good point in that he said that um, this ruling is it's really unfair to penalize this initiative for actually providing a funding source when there are so many incentives already in place that would um, that would uh, cause initiative sponsors to exclude a funding source. I mean, it's it's so much easier to vote for something if you know that you're spending money and it's not going to cost you anything. So if you say, oh, but wait, you're, there's going to be this tax included, then you might think a little bit harder about your decision. Um, so I thought that was an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about before, that um, 
if the decision stands that they really are incentivizing initiative sponsors to say, we're just going to have charter schools, but we'll figure out the funding later. Yeah, well, it seemed to me the, that the, uh, all four points that the uh, Attorney General made were good points. Yeah. And he was hoping that the, uh, the Supreme Court uh, listens carefully. Yeah, it's uh, apparently they have reconsidered rulings in the past. Um, it might be more likely that they would, rather than completely changing their minds, that they might um, just kind of clarify the opinion on the funding on the funding side. So it'll be interesting interesting to see what they do. The attorney general actually also include asked, uh, gave them a motion to stay their ruling until the end of the school year, so that the students who are currently in charter schools. Uh, are, are their disruption is minimized to some extent. So that's good. Yep. Well, very good. Uh, and this is something we will be uh, reading more about in the papers uh, going forward. Um, so I was um, um, several days ago looking back through the, uh, the employment report that was released uh, um, last week, particularly looking at, uh, at the construction sector. And and something jumped out at me. Now, it may be a statistical anomaly, but but uh, employment in the construction center uh, sector statewide um, has been more or less constant over the last uh, eight months. Not expanding as you would have thought. Um, the uh, seasonally adjusted, and that's the key term here. Seasonally adjusted uh, employment in construction uh, in January was. Uh, Hundred and seventy-three thousand, uh, and and in the month of of, um, of August it was one hundred and seventy-one thousand. So actually, kind of down two thousand, uh, though within the you know the way these numbers bounce around. So I say again, over eight months, essentially flat. Um, and if this really is a, a trend, um, it may mean that the that the you know. Um, that from this point forward, the expansion uh, will be weak. Um, uh, now, it may be that um, that this just reflects uh, some odd seasonal factors. That uh, you know, if you go back and look at the unseasonally adjusted numbers, uh, January's employment was uh, construction was one hundred and sixty two thousand four hundred, and and August was one hundred and eighty one thousand three hundred. So there has been. Uh, expansion of, of almost uh, 19,000 jobs over that period. But employment normally in construction just normally rises uh, considerably between January and August. Um, uh, and, but it could be that just weather patterns were such that, uh, that January was just an, enorm- an ordinarily uh, – an ordinary uh, – an ordinarily uh, – nice weather month for a, for a January, and so we had more people working in construction than we normally would have. Um, so we'll need to, I think we'll be watching that going forward to see what happens. And that was a statewide number? That was a statewide mm-hmm. number. Um, actually, interestingly, the, uh, the uh, construction was kind of, continues to trend up uh, in the, uh, the, the state, uh, excluding the Seattle metro area, King and Snohomish counties. Uh, and in, um, in uh, King and Snohomish counties over the last four months, employment has been trending downward. Oh, interesting. 
Um, and it could be that some of – and that would – was suggesting that some of that uh, the uh, high rise construction projects in in Seattle are starting to um, to tra- to uh, wind up hmm. the the mayor Seattle's mayor released his 2016 budget proposal yesterday I think and one of the headlines was that uh, they're getting a lot more revenue due to the construction boom yep they do and that's that's a you know construction is a, um, a generates a, a considerable amount of tax revenue. Right. Um, you know, most um, states do collect taxes on materials used in in construction. Um, Washington State is uh, is uh, unusual in that it applies uh, sales tax to construction labor, also. Uh, and the other thing will be happening around in 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 Seattle is uh, these the sale of office buildings, which you've seen, uh, you know. Trading office invest one one group of, of investors buying an office building right. from another group uh, generates a considerable amount of real estate excise tax um, and and that's been booming yeah. uh, recently and 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 that kind of activity can disappear very quickly. Right. It's it's really it's not even the economy; it's just investors trading. Right. <laughs> well, so, very interesting. Yeah, it is, and it's. You know, as as a resident in the city of Seattle, I particularly worry about the what's happening with our taxes. <laughs> Want to see those those streets swept clean? Yeah, <laughs> and the potholes filled. Filled, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. And so, what else did you see in the in the news this week? Uh, well, today the U.S. Department of Labor announced that it will be awarding Washington a grant to the tune of $247,000 to study the feasibility and impacts of the Washington Family Leave Insurance Act. So this was the bill the legislature passed in 2007 that would have um, implemented paid family a paid family leave program in the state. It was initially scheduled to be to begin in October first, two thousand nine, but it was um, the implementation date. Implementation date was moved um, to twenty twelve, and then again to twenty fifteen, and then in twenty thirteen, it was actually postponed indefinitely um, because it never had a funding source. There was a a joint legislative task force that was supposed to come up with a funding source, and they just kind of punted it to and said that um, the general fund would fund the program. But then it was just became too expensive given the recession, so it was never implemented. So now we're getting this two hundred and almost fifty grand to, to study it again. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. This is kind of a getting starting to be more of a hot topic again. Um, but it's unclear to me what this will actually accomplish. Yeah. And you'd think that with the pressure that of the McClary decision out there that uh, um, legislators would feel that, you know, funding schools, at least the Supreme Court has said that that funding right. schools is the first priority. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. And this is something that OFM had, in 2012, they estimated that it would cost something like $66 million between 2014 and 2017. So it's a significant chunk of money that this grant is not going to go anywhere near uh, yeah. fulfilling yes. the need for. So. But there it is. Yes. Oh, well. 
your federal tax dollars at yes. work. <laughs> well, thank you, Emily. Uh, thank you. And this will winds up our um, our In Focus podcast for uh, September 29th. Um, look back next week for a fresh. In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.